And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it's very nice to have you with us here on the program as we uh, start out another edition of uh, new, uh, par- new Paradigms for a New World, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And uh, today we are going to uh, we're going to take a little stroll, take a little walk. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun here, I think, and education as well, uh, into a realm that we may have touched upon a long, long time ago. Uh, actually, we actually did a program when we were live, and I think it was on a Saturday, and it just so happens it was a Halloween. And we had some folks in studio at that time, and this is going back maybe, gosh, maybe 10 years or more, uh, talking about um, a lot of the, mm, shall we say, off-the-beaten-path philosophies, if you will. Well, today is similar. It's not Halloween, uh, although (laughs) there are those who would say it's been Halloween for two years uh, because it's been very, very scary, kids. Oh, yes. But... We're going to talk and walk with a witch. We're going to take a walk with a witch. That's right. Marie Birdsong is my guest here on the program, and uh, I believe it was uh, LinkedIn that we connected on. Uh, I'm actually getting uh, quite a few of my guests on uh, LinkedIn. And uh, Marie, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for asking me. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I've had uh, all kinds of different folks on this program, atheists and Scientologists mm-hmm. and, and uh, of course, Christians. I've had rabbis, metaphysicians, spiritualists. I've had psychics, tarot readers, um, Vedic astrologers, as well as uh, Western astrologers. The list goes on. And uh, one of the things that I find so fascinating is a lot of the... Oh, I'm going to put it in this sense. A lot of the angst, okay? We could use the word fear, but I'm going to use the word angst. That Much better some, word. Yeah, some people, some people have over um, some of these uh, fringe, uh, we'll call them fringe, although they've been around probably as long, if not longer, than their respective f- philosophical uh, uh, beliefs. What? Uh, and, and I guess maybe first thing we want to do is maybe define, first of all, um, what, what uh, um, diff- are there different sects, and if, if I'm using the correct word here, of witchcraft, which you fall under, uh, are there different sects, or is it all kind of like under one umbrella and everybody sort of, sort of kind of, even though we're all individuals, practices sort of the same thing? Uh, no, there's a lot of different varieties okay. of uh, witch, witchcraft. I learned, uh, was schooled through Wicca, but there was also a tradition in my family. My um, uh, paternal grandmother was a Druid, so I did have some early teachings when I was very, very young. But yeah, I, I even myself, I came up being a Celtic witch. And you know, um, calling upon the old god Saint Bridget, and and and. Uh, using uh, ogum in my writings and stuff when I would do, do my um, spells and practices. But I, ha- I have evolved from that, and I consider myself a more eclectic witch now. So even one witch can start out down one path and then, you know, expand into other beliefs. 
the thing about it is it can be very personal. It's not a, a book religion. It's not, nothing is, you know, strictly by the book. You just go out. You can start on one path and study, you know, do your studies. But the more you learn, you learn what works for you. Mm-hmm. And so you take what you need and sort of leave the rest. And it can can be edited that way by each individual person. So personally, I think I do meet with other witches and we do online uh, healing rituals and different things. And we share that. But I think that the most um, freeing thing about um, witchcraft and and Wicca is that you can practice it whatever way your spirit leads you to. You don't have to, you know, there's no book. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it this way. Right. If you do it different, that's awesome. That's what works for you. So yeah, there's there's like yeah. as many individual ways of practicing it as there are individual people. What makes one a witch? Ugh, that's kind of hard to define. Um, with me, it was... I had to start accepting all the weird stuff that happened to me all of my life. Weird coincidences. Um, I saw fairies and stuff when I was a little girl. And of course, when you go in and you say, oh, mommy, I, there's little fairies out in my garden. Everybody says, oh, she's got an imagination. She's making this up. Oh, isn't that cute? But when you grow up and you realize that I, I wasn't making that up, that actually happened. So how do you fit that into your you know, everyday life. And you go, well, all of these coincidences, all of this weirdness that happened during my life, I have to accept that it happened. And why did it happen? Well, it's because I have this spiritual sight. I have this spiritual gift. And I um, manifest that and believe that and uh, had to put it in front of myself is I've got to accept it. I'm a witch. Mm. There's it's, it's kind of a broad, you know, oh, a mystic or a seer or, a, you know, a, a medium or a large. <laughs> but, you know, you, you have to define it for your own self in some manner. And because of my Celtic heritage through my paternal grandmother and all of the things I'd learned during the course of my studies was I just had to face the fact that I was a witch. Is the uh, the gender uh, derivation that uh, there are witches and a warlock is the male version or is that something different? Um, some people prefer to think of it that way. You know, because they have to have the gender differences. Mm-hmm. But in the Wicca tradition that I, I was schooled in, that I actually studied, a witch is a witch is a witch. Okay. Now, you know, a male witch is a witch, a female witch is a witch, a cat right. is a witch. So, <laughs> uh, and I'm just kind of defining terms here a little bit mm-hmm. for myself as well as our listeners. Mm-hmm. So when did you take on that title mm. and are there people that you have associated with who may not use that title but fall still fall into that particular category if you will Oh yeah um I took it upon myself when I decided I was going to go to and study it I actually went to an online school called Witch School International, whereas uh, I got my clergy training there and became a priestess of uh, a Wiccan priestess. So I, I take on that mantle, the priestess or the witch mantle, just to note that I am 
adept at doing mm, Wiccan rituals, healing rituals, uh, seasonal rituals, uh, the high holidays for the uh, Wicca, which is, you know, like Samhain, which is Halloween, or Yule, which, you know, we would set, call the solstice or the Christmas season. So I am adept at doing that. That's after a couple of years of study and I got my, uh, my degree, I could, uh, I took upon the mantle of witch and uh, Wiccan priestess. Did that um, did that give you something that you didn't have? Uh, um, was it something that you felt I, I need to be I need to be under that banner, so to speak? Um, was it something that made you feel complete? What was the what was the real impetus within that said? I want to be known as a witch. I am going to call myself. That is what fits for me. Um, actually taking the study and learning it, I actually left, left. I'm still associated with the school, but I don't practice under their, um, it's a, um, their specific church was called the Karelian order. And I didn't, I had a lot of differences with that. I honor their beliefs, but I do not practice everything that I learned from them because, you know, that's didn't necessarily work for me, but I took upon uh, the mantle of witch just because that was the best way of describing who I am in my practices. But I, I further went in to get the clergy degree so I would be able to teach others how to write rituals, how to write spells, and just to help people to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lord over people and say, oh, please call me priestess. I only use the title priestess to connote that I am adept at doing these rituals and I can teach you how to do them. And it's very freeing because you can be your, you know, you don't have to go, oh my gosh, I need to talk to the goddess. I have to go, you know, talk to my priestess or my priest to get that contact. You can, everybody, you can do it yourself. That's the personal contact that you can have with deity when you take it upon yourself. Hmm. And what is it, and this kind of goes back to the other question that I asked you, what mm -hmm. is it from your perspective that you do or uh, that you are that makes you a witch as opposed to because uh, there's so many other metaphysical terms one could use. I mean, oh, for yeah. example, I I consider myself a metaphysician mm -hmm. uh, because I, I consider I uh, not that I uh, I don't sit I don't sit around, for example, making, you know, casting spells or making spells or uh, using uh, what some people may know of as your spell book of which is called I guess it's called the Book of Shadows. Each mm -hmm. one would have their own. Um, but what is it that makes you a witch rather than just say a priestess or a reverend or uh, some other category in that respect? And again, I know these are all just labels, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's in order for us as human beings and our intellect to Absolutely. understand, we've got to compartmentalize. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a multi-layered question. But the, um, the thing is that because of my Celtic heritage and all of the incidences that have happened one after the other through the course of my lifetime, 
um, you know, seeing spirits, talking to fairies. And I had to put it into some sort of context that I could, you know, grab a hold of and deal with. So I took on the mantle of which just because it was the best way to describe in one word, the kind of existence that I have, the kind of spiritual realm that I work in and, and live in from day to day. And the funny thing about this is I, I grew up in a Christian church. I used to teach Sunday school. Uh-oh. And even, oh, no, no, I have no problem with that. <laughs> I have absolutely no problem with that. I honor all religions. And I've told a lot of the people that I work with in, in the pagan communities is that if you want someone to honor your religion, you've got to stop putting theirs down. Mm-hmm. There's there's God's a lot, God and goddess is a lot bigger than anybody can ever conceive. And if you want to honor, you know, the earth and honor your deities, that's fine, but you shouldn't dishonor anybody else's. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just a way for me to grasp a hold of what's who I am and what's been going on in my lifetime. So I use the mantle of witch, but I'm also other things, you know, like I'm a mom, I'm a wife. I I'm also a Reiki practitioner, but um, I've, I've gotten more um, spiritual work done working through uh, my uh, lineage of my, my witch Mm. of the witch. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that uh, this is one of the uh, aspects that I, I dealt with, for example, uh, when I had uh, a Scientologist on this program. But at the beginning of the program, I was very clear with the audience. And again, we were live at that time. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not going to tell you what, what philosophy they're coming from, okay, until the end of the program. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the philosophy. We're going to talk about uh, the ideals, the principles, the beliefs, and so mm-hmm. forth. Because if I tell you right now, the philosophy, you're going to turn it off. Oh, yeah. Because there is so I, I, much. I, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, so much negativity when it comes to this particular philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's really unfair because then we don't learn anything. Yeah. You know? If you've got your mind set on something. I remember years ago when I was first starting out online, I had somebody and this was, you know, Yahoo groups and, and Yahoo answers. I used to be on there um, and I did I was like ranked number nine in their um, myth uh, in myth and folklore. And that's what I was working with at the time. And I had one fellow come up to me and he goes, do you really think you're a witch? <laughs> <laughs> And you really think I am not. And I think the problem was that, you know, we we have the green faced wicked witch from the Wizard of Oz and people think that's all a witch is. Mm. But, but in fact, and this is just a cute story from my childhood, I'd always wanted to be the good witch of, of the North when I was a little girl. And when um, our high school uh, did the production of the Wizard of Oz, I got the part of the good witch. And it was just so cool for me. It, re- it really, I re- love that part. But I think I got it for the biggest reason was that I'm six foot one and I made all the others look like munchkins. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love it. We are talking with uh, Marie Songbird, uh, Birdsong, Birdsong. I beg your pardon, Marie Birdsong. And we're talking about, um, well, we're talking about witchcraft. We're talking about uh, being. Uh, of that particular philosophy 
of um, uh, being a witch, male or female, uh, and uh, th th those aspects that not only make one a witch, but also the things that one does as a witch uh, in the context of Tell Me Your Story uh, to make this world a better place for all. And we hope that you will stay right where you are as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and this is, uh, uh, again, it is a, a real pleasure to be able to, to bring this program to you. I realize that for some it's going to be it's going to be a little difficult to listen to because it's the last thing you want to hear about because all you hear, and this was what I found very interesting, is all of the negativity surrounding the, this particular philosophy and the misinformation. Uh, I found this rather interesting. When I was um, in my 20s and 30s, <clears throat> I was working for 15 years for a Christian radio station. And there was a, a comedian... Um, and his name was Mike Warnke. And he claimed that he, before he, uh, before he was saved, he was a Satanist high priest. And he did all of these different things, and I just went on, and, and he had a whole comedy routine, and he went on for a number of years. And I don't remember what year it was. It was after I left that station. It may have been in the 2000s, may have been in the late 1990s. The truth came out. And yes, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free from the career you have chosen. Because it turns out he had lied about the whole thing. It was nothing more than a story. And I want to ask you a question in regards to the dualism that we have created in this world. I say we've created it because if you look out into the cosmos, you don't see any dualism. The universe isn't judging itself on, on whether or not that was a good supernova explosion or the collision <laughs> of a comet and a planet or the uh, expansion or contraction of this, that, or the other thing, or, oh, no, that galaxy, it's spinning the wrong way. Yeah, you know, and all of these different, there's no judgment. You know, we look at it, we go, wow. And, and really, there's no judgment there. We're just in awe. I mean, it's just like spectacular. Well, I, I, I have started to take the same perspective to life at this level, where you and I live, uh, uh, Marie. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm curious as to your perspective on evil, on uh, the character, I want to say, uh, of Satan as depicted in the Christian philosophy, whereas in the Jewish philosophy, as far as I understand it, based upon my conversations with rabbis, there is no evil character. Uh, Satan or the devil is a representation of the lowest base nature of man. So give us your perspective on this, this whole aspect. Absolutely. Um, in Wicca, they don't believe it. There is no, there is no Satan. There's no devil um, in manifestation. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't exist. Like you say, it's the lowest manifestation of people being evil, people doing bad things to one another. However, through my own experience, I have seen that there is evil. Mm 
I have seen that there are what might could be termed as demons. And this is because at one, and, and I still do, I'm a paranormal investigator along with all of the other things that I do. Um, and I had a demonic case, but what had happened was, and this is through uh, dark witchcraft, this fellow had created what they call a thought form. It's a, almost like what in the Jewish tradition, they would call the golem, you know, and it created a thought form that was actually oppressing a woman and acted as a demon would act. So um, we can manifest a Satan-like energy, a mm -hmm. Satan-like spirit, but yes, it all comes from the, the lower base um, thoughts of the, the, of the human existence. Yeah. You know, because we create it. We create our own reality in that way. So in one way, there is a, a being a demon that we might call Satan, but it's just so we can have a grip on it and know yeah. how to, you know, like we were talking about earlier labels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can, we can, we can, uh, you know, take that out. Yeah. You know, like a doctor would take out a, a tumor or something. You have to be able to deal with somebody who may be under demonic oppression. Mm -hmm. And that all has to do with you have to talk to the person and deal with their, you know, their personal beliefs and what you believe and find something that's going to get that evil out of there. Yeah. So, yeah, basically it's it's sort of a yes and no kind of thing. Yes, there is, you know evil there is a satan but it's a manifestation right of our own, own faith our own beliefs mm -hmm. and i guess then uh and frank was right uh in her statement i believe it was she who said that uh, she believed that uh, um deep down inside all people are good and um uh it it makes me think about how uh, and again because of my um christian upbringing being born and raised a roman catholic <clears throat> that uh, and especially working for the Christian station for the number of years that I did, uh, mm -hmm. that um, it's almost as if the human mind, the mind of man, for whatever reason, and I don't know that it's in the DNA or in the chromosomes or what, seems to have to have some kind of enemy. And the one paradox that I found in all of this, and we'll move on to something else in a moment here, but the paradox that I found was like, okay, so if bad things happen to you, it's the devil. Okay. The devil did it. Or as Flip Wilson used to say, the devil okay. made me do it. Um, <laughs> You're dating yourself there. <laughs> I realize that as a, at the age of 61, I have no problem with that. But uh, then when good things happen... Well, that was God. Well, then that means that we are puppets on a string being manipulated by forces we don't understand, which mm -hmm. means that my life has absolutely no meaning whatsoever. It, my, my free will is irrelevant because you have these two diametrically opposed forces that are just playing with me. Mm -hmm. And that just made no sense in my mind. None whatsoever. Absolutely. And it took me about five years, but I finally let go of the whole concept of Satan, the devil, hell, fire and brimstone, all that stuff. And I realized some people go, well, yes, but it says in the Bible. Yeah, it says a lot of things in the Bible. 
and um, uh, it's up to each individual to de- make the determination. Uh, I I prefer, be honest with you, I'd rather listen to my still small voice. With that, I want to take a, a quick pause here and let you know you're listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times. Oh, don't forget about the Wednesday edition at 9 a.m. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And then, of course, the podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations on the internet. And we thank you also for reposting those uh, interviews as as you have done. We're up to uh, almost 64,000 listens in just a little over four years, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, like I said, I'm not sure exactly what those numbers mean, but what I do know is that in just 12 months from this date backward, we have had more than double. I, and let me rephrase that. If you uh, if you go back uh, 12 months, we've had like uh, 33,000 listens in 12 months, whereas in the previous three years, we've had somewhere between 30 and 31,000 listens. So the listenership has definitely gone up. We're also on YouTube, where you can listen to and watch these interviews at the website or the Tell Me Your Story channel, Richard Dugan and Tell Me Your Story. The banner reads the decade of perfect vision where we ask you to spend time going within listening to that still small voice. That's where you get the perfect vision. And we also ask if you can uh, to support us financially. We could use all the help we can get. Uh, We're going to continue doing this program just as long as is humanly possible. I hope I'm doing this for at least another 40 years, ladies and gentlemen, because I have to outlive my great-grandmother who lived to be 100, and I made that commitment more to myself than I did to her. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, and uh, so if you can do that, we have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. And when you go there to send, they're going to ask you for an email to send it to. Richard at RichardDugan.com is the email to send that to. And we are talking with uh, Marie Birdsong about... Um, witchcraft and what it means to be a witch and all those kinds of things as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and Mary uh, Marie Birdsong. By the way, is that Marie with a D at the end or just Marie? I, I, I pronounce it with the D, okay. but it can also be pronounced. And, and that helps to... Um, you know, people to understand it's not Marie because they'll misspell it all. It's a freaking Celtic spelling anyway. So yeah, I, I noticed got that. a lot of extra yeah. letters in there. But yeah, you've yeah, got a G Marie. and H in there, and I I took uh, I took Gaelic. Um, a course in Gaelic with my wife uh, some years ago at the Irish Cultural mm-hmm. Center in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they uh, I have as much trouble with Gaelic in terms of pronunciation as I do with English in terms of especially <laughs> in terms of the silent letters. And then letters that you put together to make a sound. Wait a minute. You already have a letter for that sound. Why are you putting these two letters together to make that same sound? I, I don't understand. But then again, oh. that's, uh, that's for another program and for another time. Let me ask you in terms of, in terms of uh, uh, the, the work you do, if I can put it in that context, mm-hmm. as a witch. Obviously, I mentioned earlier the Book of Shadows that um, mm-hmm. probably most witches have. Uh, that oh, is, I have one, yes. Yeah, which is, which is basically a spell book. Now, we've seen, for example, like in the uh, television series Charmed with the three uh, female, the, the three witches, and they had this massive, 
massive book. And they'd open it up and they'd be looking for a spell to undo this or to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the uh, TV series Grimm, um, uh, which they had another, it was another thing. It was a little different genre, but still the same same context. There's always seems to be this massive leather bound or something book. And uh, it's just, it's really fascinating. So let me ask about that book and the spells that one might put in there. Maybe there are other things that you write in there as well. Um, what, what is the general function of the Book of Shadows as you go through your day and your week and your month and your year? Mm. Well, it's a place for your reference. Um, you can even put recipes in there for potions or even just the food that you cook on the holidays. There's certain cakes and things that you may make during Yule or, or uh, Samhain. Um, so you'd put that in there too. Um, any uh, rituals that you have, healing uh, rituals for healing or spells for whatever, you know, um, that's the kind of stuff that you would put in there. And the whole big books, like the one with uh, on, on charms, that was like their family heritage. That That's why it was so big. It had been passed down from witch to witch to witch. And that's why it kept getting bigger. I have a real problem writing. I have a book of shadows, an actual book, but I can't seem to write in it. I think it has to do with past lives and me getting being afraid of getting burned for witchcraft i've got my um rituals and spells and stuff are 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 now on my computer so i've got them all in files and that's more or less my new book of shadows so to speak but it's not anything that's you know you can't open it and it's not going to you know blow up or turn you into a toad or something it just has recipes in it like i said sometimes it's a recipe for cakes and sometimes it's a recipe for how do you treat how how do you treat uh, someone who's got a cold well we're going to you know do, you know give them certain foods to eat and say certain um, rituals over them which would be like unto prayers over when you're healing somebody. So it's got a lot of different levels, but what it really is about is just keeping track of what has worked for you in the past, uh, like a recipe book that you you go back to. I've got one uh, recipe for oil, uh, a seasoned oil that I use to anoint uh, any of my, um, any of the woodwork that I do, like my staff that I made here, right here. I made this staff from a, um, a redwood branch from um, my grand the grandmother's um, property there in California. It's um, live oak. It's a piece of live oak. So we, uh, I I anointed it with the oil and said certain prayers and you know to to bring the spirit of magic into my staff. Um, I don't use it a lot unless I'm really <laughs> I'm really determined when it's something you know I've got to you know make a big statement then I'll go and I'll get all my garb on you know and then I'll do a really big ritual but most of the time the rituals I do I've I've written them down I send scripts to people um every Wednesday we're doing them on Wednesday we do healing rituals online and I write a script and there's one portion of it you know we call in all the we call in the um gods and goddesses and the, the four uh, guardians of the four corners. And we um, there's one portion there where you 
put in names for people that you want to get healed, people that may be sick. And we've got a pretty big list of people these days. Um, so, but it's like a little script. And that's something that's part of my book of shadows that I share freely with anybody who's interested in it. So the book of shadows, like I said, it's, it's just kind of a recipe book. Stuff that you learn over over a period of time, and you, you want to keep going. Well, that worked. That works good. Let's let's put that in there. So you keep track of it. It's just a way to to keep your stuff in line. And like you said, yeah, I write other stuff in there, like poetry and different things. I write in there. So. We're talking with Marie de Birdsong, and we're talking about uh, witchcraft and the work that she does in that regard as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it's a pleasure to have Marie de Birdsong with us. I want to find out from you, and I know this sounds like a, this might sound like a strange question because it would be asking anybody else of any other philosophy uh, the same kind mm-hmm. of question, and it's like, okay, well, I don't understand what you mean by that. But the question is, what is uh, what is your purpose in, in, in as a witch? What is your goal? What are you wanting to achieve, uh, work towards, etc.? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I absolutely have three things. And this was like my, instead of a, a New Year's resolution, this is my New Year's statement. I want to teach and be taught, heal and be healed, love, and be loved. Mm. Pretty simple. I like that. Teach, heal, and love. Yes. Uh, going back and forth, back and forth. Um, and and I, I happen to be listening to, I was producing this particular interview, not conducting it, uh, with a friend of mine who was interviewing <clears throat> Dion Warwick, of all people. And um, uh, that's one of the things that she certainly talked about, obviously, with one of her songs, you know, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And um, it seems as though uh, there are pockets uh, throughout the world that where that is being exemplified. Um, It it would be nice if we could expand it a little quicker. It just seems like. It seems like, uh, and maybe this is more in the context of uh, the media, uh, it just seems like the, the, the wheels are coming off the cart again. You know, I, I could have sworn we just took the cart to the mechanic and got the wheels put back on and we got the, 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 the lug nuts on there nice and tight. And now all of a sudden it seems like, you know, they're coming off again. Um what what do you do? Is there anything in particular or things in particular that you do on a regular basis to work with the energies of the planet, of the universe, uh, to help to, and this is the best way I can put it because I don't want to imply that you're taking away anybody's free will. My God forbid. I'm sure no. there's, there's got to be a constitutional amendment in there somewhere there. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that you do to cajole um, people, have people consider the possibility of doing things differently that is, that is you know, maybe being kinder to one another, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, are there specific things that you do? Yes. 
I smile at everybody. I get when I go out, I always smile at everybody. I wave at everybody whenever I'm in a, the grocery store or I go out or whatever, and just show kindness to people. Um, one one thing that I would, one particular episode I'd like to share was I was flying. Um, from my daughter's house in California, I was flying back here to Texas and we had layovers and there was a lot of problems. There was fogged in. We'd spent the night in the airport. Everybody was kind of upset. We'd spent the night at the airport, you know, and I said, honey, calm down. Just breathe. I says, we've all got kids that are waiting for us. We're all eager to get home. But you trying to run out of here is not going to do anything but upset yourself and upset others. And I led her through a breathing exercise. And all the people around me are going, you know, thank you. Because <laughs> this lady was freaking out. And instead of, yeah, hey, everybody else has got the same energy. We're all kind of ticked off about this. But if you just take a breath, take a breath, take a beat. It's not doing me any good to be all ticked off and try to run. You can't run out of an airplane. You know, people are standing in line. You have to go. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do this in an orderly fashion. And mm. being in a panic is not going to help anybody. So that's, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that I really like to do when I'm in a public place is try to be the, if something occurs like that, I want to be the center of calm and be the center of logic. If there's, if there's nobody else to do it. Yeah, because I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not going to impose my will upon other people. Yeah. If you know they've got a perfect right to get upset if they want to, but if it's affecting the other people, then I might step in and just try to calm things down. Well, I'll tell you, it beats uh, being hauled off of an airplane by an air marshal. Let me tell you, because you're creating a scene, and I think that's another Absolutely. thing people need to do is they need to uh, uh, take a moment before they start getting overly excited. I mean, I I remember. <clears throat> my flight, I, I went to, back to Phoenix from Santa Barbara to visit my family, my parents and sisters uh, for Christmas. And I was taking the train to Burbank, taking a plane to Phoenix. And then, of course, the return was the same. And um, I was reassured by someone here in Santa Barbara, don't worry about it. When you get to Burbank, you're going to fly through. Well, I actually, I did. It was, it was, I mean, I was standing waiting for them to board the plane after I got through uh, the, the check. And uh, so, the, you know, and so I was standing around, you know, and it wasn't like there was a real problem there. And uh, then on my return flight, I got, I get into uh, Burbank. I had a six and a half hour layover in Burbank. I tried to get a, uh, a rental car. They wanted to charge me for one day, one way, $250. Uh, and I'm thinking, I don't, I'll just wait. I'll just wait, you know. And um, so I, I, just, uh, I just tried to enjoy myself. I tried to, I walked around outside a lot, enjoying the, the blue skies, a few clouds in the air, the nice, cool, actually is crisp weather. Everything was so green out here in California right now because of the rains that we've gotten. And, and so forth. So just really trying to, um, as the saying goes, take time to smell the roses. And I think that a lot of people, they forget that because they get so wound up in, like this one woman's, oh, i got to get to my kids, i got to get my dad. And it's like, you know, you'll get there. You will get there. But, you know, maybe get there in one piece and get there 
in 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 a uh, a state of a peace of mind, as it were. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. You know, I mean, absolutely. I was only in Phoenix for oh two two and a half, maybe a total of three days by out by the clock. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was, it was a fabulous three days. Um, my adventure, I would describe, uh, as, uh, the, the, um, uh, the 21st century version of planes, trains, and automobiles with yeah. Steve Martin and John Candy. <laughs> I was, by the way, I was Steve Martin's character at first, uh, but I was able to, to laugh at it. And I still remember the train ride back to Santa Barbara. Uh, the train was 20 minutes late. I was again. I had a six and a half hour layover in Burbank. Then I still was waiting an additional 20 minutes for the train, and we stopped twice. The first time we stopped was to have a gentleman removed, fr- another person who wouldn't calm down, um, who had to be removed. And when they searched his uh, articles, uh, they handcuffed him and put him in the back of the police car. And the reason why that's sort of an irony is because he was yelling on his phone to his, as he put it, effing father, that he needed a place to stay. And I'm thinking, he's got a place to stay tonight. Uh, okay. The second time we stopped was because was because we had to wait for another train to pass us. So we got off on, a, I guess, a side rail to wait for this other train to go by. And that was another 15 minutes. So instead of getting in at 6.30 or 6.20, I guess I should say, it was around 7 o'clock that I got into, uh, got into town. But it's like, you know, I'm on the train. And this was the thing that really got me because a buddy of mine that I was visiting in Phoenix, he came over to my parents' house and we did some work together and he gave me a gift. Mm-hmm. And that gift was the DVD of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> So my parents and I, we watched it that evening, and uh, and um, I remember the scene with uh, with Steve on the uh, on the plane, and he says, "I want first class. That's what I played for. That's what I booked, and that's what I want." And she said, "It's full, sir. You'll need to sit in coach." And I'm sitting here thinking, "Take the seat in coach, you Nimrod." And he got thrown off the plane, and thus his adventure began. <laughs> and I figure, you know what? If they have to put me in the bathroom, I'll sit there. There's no seatbelt, so I'm going to hang on tight. But at least yeah. I'm on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, I think it's it's all a matter of perspective. We're talking Absolutely. with Marie, uh, Marie Birdsong. Marie, I want to ask you uh, about um, your progression, if you will, your growth as a witch, what has changed for you uh, from from your beginnings? Ooh, a lot. <laughs> the know, most the profound more, things. The, more the, most, watch, yeah. the older you get, the more you're going to learn. And there's some, going to be some things that you're going, you know, that's not necessarily true because there were like old wives' tales and some things from my, my, my mother's people are from the South. So you get the granny wives tale sort of stuff and it's just like you know use cow pie to get rid of your pimples and stuff and i'm going that doesn't sound right (laughs) (laughs) you know so yeah no maybe maybe they used that back then but you know i'm not going to even go near that yeah yeah. so i i've I've kind of filtered in and out what works for me Mm. i don't practice um 
you know, I'm not like Samantha. I don't twitch my nose and get my house clean. Oh, goodness, if I could, I would. But, you know, I don't use witchcraft on like a moment to moment basis. I use it on the high hall on the holidays. I use it um, once a week, like I said, when I do um, healing rituals. Or if, you know, anything comes up where I might need to do a blessing or, or, or over something or someone, then I can do that. But my day-to-day stuff is just, you know, I'm just an average housewife. <laughs> and that's what I've learned. You can't just, you know, dress up and be in the mantle of a witch all 24 hours, seven days a week. You have to just say, okay, I'm a witch and I'm a housewife. I'm a witch and I'm a mom and I'm a sister and I'm all of these other things. Mm. But it's not like I don't wear a pointed hat and walk around all the time so people can see a witch. Right. (laughs) Because truth be known, you can look out your window at any time of day and see a witch because they're your next door neighbor. They're the gal at the grocery store. They're the gal that's, uh, you know, at the bank, you know, that could be the, the fellow at the gas station. So I just think that what I have learned during my progression is that it's not necessarily, you know, you don't have to dress up like a witch to be a witch. And you don't have to go around telling everybody you're a witch all the time because you know, is that going to make any headway for you? Is that going to, you know, benefit anybody at that place and time? You have to be considerate of other people, considerate of others' beliefs and their thought processes, and act when you feel, like you said, with your still small voice tells you it's time to act. Like I said, with that lady in the in the airplane, I knew that she needed some comforting and that she needed to just you know, take a, take a step back and breathe a little bit. And that's what I've learned um, during my progression is to honor everybody else, but honor my still small voice as well. Mm. Marie Birdsong is my guest. We're talking and walking with a witch here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it's just very interesting. Folks can find out more about you, of course, on Facebook. We'll be, uh, we'll be posting that link uh, to Facebook uh, up on our uh, website when we post the podcast and videocast, uh, Marie Birdsong, and uh, we'll, we'll let you folks uh, be able to click on that and go straight to her Facebook page and get in touch with her as well. If, if this is intriguing to you, uh, I would ask those who... Uh, are not so intrigued, but uh, maybe critical, I would say, uh, take a breath, do some breathing first before you send anything, uh, and understand that we all are on our own paths. I I have to say, uh, uh, Marie, that one of the interesting things, and again, another one of those paradoxes that I found working at the Christian radio station, was how they always liked to use the phrase, your personal relationship with Mm. and yet they'd always be sticking their nose in judging you (laughs) as to whether or not you were saved or not i had that happen to me actually i had a minister who said to me richard i don't think you're saved i don't think you're ready to meet god and uh i thought wow how how he would know that is beyond me you know because I thought this was a personal relationship between me and God. Not, uh, it was not a triad here. And so I actually came up with an interesting analogy uh, that I've presented to him. And it was around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. 
I said, uh, you know, you challenged me on uh, whether or not I'm saved, whether I'm ready to meet God or not, and, and I would like to share something with you that I've been thinking about for quite some time. I said, um, you know, when you, uh, when you go home uh, uh, this afternoon after the program and your wife is there, she's cooking the turkey, uh, do me a favor, have her put it back in the oven and cook it again. Um, and then when you get in your car and you start the engine, don't turn it off, but then start it again. Um, you're going to burn the turkey and you're going to ruin your car. Don't try to save me. I'm already saved. And this was from my perspective. And mm-hmm. then I used one final analogy. I said, um, you and I were standing on the edge of a large body of water and uh, I'm standing right next to you. And you also have at your disposal every means available to save me from drowning. Would you? He says, well, of course not. You're standing right next to me. I said, okay. I'm now out in the water and I want to drown. And you still have all those means available to you to save me. Would you? He says, well, of course. I said that you would violate my free will. He says, yeah. I said, okay. Um, well, uh, as I, as I said earlier, you're going to burn the turkey, you're going to ruin the car and you don't need to save me from drowning because I'm not, you know? And of course I knew the response I was going to get that my logic was flawed, (laughs) made perfect sense to me. Um, I think that's one of the things that, that a lot of folks don't realize. Are you at all concerned about, um, a return to the 1600s. It seems like, as I said before, man seems like he cannot get along without some kind of an enemy. And if mm. it's uh, if it's not uh, invisible, we will make a, a, a physical enemy. Mm. We did that with the Cold War. When that was over, we created another one with one of the uh, philosophies, Muslim, uh, uh, Islam. Um. And now we're still dealing with that. Plus, now there's still, now there's China, there's Russia, there's North Korea, Iran. I mean, it's like it's 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 like it's not quite like the Irish who fight amongst themselves on Saturday, then go to mass on Sunday, because we as a country can't seem to get to mass. <laughs> yeah, at least there's a time to release all of that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But on the other hand, people don't progress if, you know, if everything was always nice and pleasant and everything, you know, you wouldn't progress. True. So you kind of have to have a little bit of that in your life to be, you know, obstacles to overcome, to be able to progress and to be able to grow. The problem being that mm, certain people in charge, our governments and stuff, want to keep us in a constant state of... Um, fear and anger and separation from one another, mm-hmm. which is kind of counterintuitive because we're all from the creator. We're mm-hmm. all from one deity. And when we realize that that's where the true power is, that's mm-hmm. where the true power is. And that's why those who perceive themselves as being in, in power, the governments around the world try to keep a hold of us and keep us down by 
imposing all of these, oh my gosh, uh, there's a war here, there's a war there, you really should be afraid of this. These people over here, their religion is, is counterproductive to your religion, and you need to dislike those people because they dislike you. You know, there's always going to be that in this world because there are always going to be those who want to manipulate and control others. And until we can get past that, you know, like have peace in our hearts and consider the free will of each other, you know, like your analogy with you being out there in the water and he was going to violate your own. And and they are like that, even with people who try to want want to commit suicide, that they they say, well, that's wrong. Well, how can you say that's wrong when a person is in such a sad state that they want to get, the only way I can get out of this terrible existence I'm in is to die. And they have made that decision for themselves. And I am particularly... um, qualified to make that statement because I have had a son who committed suicide because of his Mm. own internal issues, his um, spiritual and and mental issues and addictions that he was going through at the time. So Mm. I don't believe in violating another person's free will just because I think they're doing something wrong. I'm not going to impose that on them no matter what, because the soul is, is eternal. And this life is just a blink of an eye. I like to say it's a puff of smoke. It's less than a Absolutely. puff of smoke. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it goes along with the line that I have that I start my book choices with. Uh, and it is a question that I asked my second wife who, um, who went through cancer. Um, mm. She was diagnosed and she was going in for surgery. And I said, um, you know, uh, do you want to live or do you want to die? I may not like your choice. But I will support you in it, whatever it is. And, of course, she chose to live and is uh, fine and well and uh, living quite well today. Um, But if she had chose to go the other direction, I wouldn't have liked it. But, you know, who am I to judge her choice? It's her choice. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there who disagree, and I understand that. I can appreciate that. But, um, you know... uh, There are those who say we made the choice to come here. We made the choice to be born into the family we were born into, into the country we were born into, into the circumstances that we were born into. We had this contract that we filled out. Is that a a general philosophy of uh, of most wishes that they do believe that um, that that, you know, this is, as has been said many, many times, this is nothing more than a a schoolhouse, and we're not here to be judged. We're here to learn. Absolutely. I'm, I read the Akashic Records and have done that just about the same time I started studying um, Wicca. I started uh, learning how to read the Akashic Records, and the Akashic Records have the whole story there. Yes, you did choose this life. You know, because I used to have my kids say, I didn't choose to be born. Why do I have to clean my room? That's what I used to call the house wine. <laughs> but yes, the Akashic Records said, yes, you did choose. You did make the, the choice to come down here. You even chose your parents. You had chose what sex you were going to be. You chose this life and you need to make the best of it. But we have the greatest gift the creator ever gave us is the gift of free will. Yeah. And to violate that to me is one of the worst things you could do uh, to another person. Yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah. And, and, and I, I still, uh, I love the, uh, when I think about this, 
um, the analogy of, of an individual walking around in this beautiful meadow and they're walking, holding their hands cupped out in front of them, holding their will, their personal will. And they're saying, I just want to do God's will. I just want to do God's will. I just want to do God's will. And they toss it in the air. And God catches their will in, in God's hands and is moved to tears. Oh, my God, one of my creation wants to do my will. While God is emoting over all of this, he's, God is also compressing that person's will down to the size of a baseball. And then rears back and hurls that will right into the forehead of the person like a 90-mile-an-hour <laughs> Nolan Ryan fastball and says... Then do something with the life I gave you. You are not a puppet on a string being manipulated by forces you do not understand. And I think that um, uh, another statement that, that I was challenged on about my quote unquote mistakes in life. And I said, I've never made a mistake in my life. I've had learning experiences Absolutely. And one of the things that came to me after I thought about that for a while was this. I know how important forgiveness is. If forgiveness is uh, needed, if it's warranted. But do you ever ask the teacher when you got a poor grade on a test to forgive you? No, because you're learning you get a grade, you go back, you study a little harder, and maybe you get a better grade next time. Well, if you view your quote-unquote mistakes as just learning experiences, where's there the need for forgiveness? You're just learning. You know, I'll do better next time. I'll study a little harder. I'll work a little harder. I'll figure out another way of getting where it is that I need to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in that regard? Well, I, although I, you know, I understand where you're coming from and where is the need for forgiveness is that sometimes because we're humans, we get our, we get all butt hurt, we get our feelings hurt. So sometimes we have to forgive ourselves because we get so hard on ourselves. Oh, I made a mistake. Well, I learned from it, but we're conditioned to think, oh, you made a mistake and you feel bad about it. So you have to forgive yourself. Yeah, I made a mistake, but hey, look, I learned from it. You know, like when I was younger and I would bake in the kitchen with my grandmother. Oh, look at this. Was it supposed to, was this cake supposed to be a pancake? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you forgot the baking powder, honey. Oh, okay. Then I learned. I got to remember to put the baking powder and follow my recipe again. So yes, you do, you do make mistakes. And I, I must say, I have learned so much more from my mistakes than I have from my accomplishments that, that they are a great teaching tool, but you do have to kind of forgive yourself for the, you know, dumb stuff that you made, you know, the just yeah. stupid stuff you did going, oh, well, maybe this wall isn't really here and you just wind up walking into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get your head hurt and you go, oh man, that was dumb. I'm so sorry I did that. <laughs> but you learned yeah. how to walk through a wall. Although my husband's last name, my married name is Wall. So I know about walking through walls. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you that uh, back in June 2020 or July 2020, late July, I had my gallbladder removed and I did some research. And of course, I found that the gallbladder and the liver are the seat of anger. 
And, um, you know, there are those who say, yeah, you've had a problem with that probably most of your life on and off. Nothing, nothing of a necessarily violent nature towards others, just, you know, maybe towards I, I actually broke a cassette deck once. But um, and so before the, the, the surgery, you know, I would get, you know, if Eva spilled some milk uh, and um, after I would have that instant, like half a second of and then I would laugh. I would laugh like, oh, okay, you know, um, that's interesting. Well, okay, that's that's funny, you know. And then I would work out how to to uh, you know put things back in order or whatever the case might be. Absolutely. And I have been. Uh, I was diagnosed some years ago with high blood pressure, so I've taken the medication. I just bought myself a, a portable high blood pressure cuff. So I can check mm-hmm. it periodically just, yeah. to, just my, to see. My husband has the same thing. I do his blood pressure before it goes to work every day. Yeah. So. so what I do is, and I also found out too from my physician that they changed the the uh, standards for, uh, for mm-hmm. seniors. They changed the standard. Now you can have a blood pressure reading of 150 over mm. and you're still okay. And I'm thinking, okay, that's interesting. But then I have also challenged my physician about my personal normal blood pressure readings. Mm-hmm. And I think I would be considered a type A person, type A personality, that mm-hmm. might have a little higher blood pressure because I'm just sort of constantly on the go. Uh, but I've been checking, and mine has been ranging in the average around 150 these days. Ooh. So, you know, I'm happy with that. I feel good. I mean, there would be those who would say, well, Richard, but that's at least 10 points above the high normal for everybody else. I said, okay, I get that it's the above the average for everybody else. But how do you know that that's not mine that's okay for me? Absolutely. How you know is if you take your blood pressure every day, we, we have like a little record that we keep of my husband's blood pressure so they figured out what is average and what is good for him yeah you know specifically rather than going well you know of course the average woman's only five foot six well oh my god i'm not a normal woman i'm six foot one. <laughs> oh no i mean does that make any sense no you no. can't take an a, across the board thing and, and make it apply to every single person on the yeah. on the face of the earth you have to have to be able to have some parameters to work within so yeah. Well, this has been a fascinating program. I hope that you folks are, are enjoying it. We're talking with Marie Birdsong, talking uh, and walking with a witch here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it has been a real pleasure to have you here on the program, uh, learning more about uh, what it is, what it is to be a witch, what makes a witch, or what doesn't make a witch, uh, if you will. And uh, there's a part of me that feels as though every human being is practicing a form of spell casting, if you will. Absolutely. Even Absolutely. in the context, you can call it whatever you want, but I could even throw the, the word prayer on that. There are those who will recite prayers. I mean, growing up Catholic, uh, the rosary. All right. And, 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 of course, I got challenged when I used to produce a program called the, uh, the Radio Family Rosary Hour, which was only a half hour long. 
And someone said, well, yeah, but they're, 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 it's idolatry and they're praying to Mary. And I said, no, they're not. They are not praying to Mary for her to do, to answer their prayers. She, just like you would go to your pastor or fellow parishioner, she is being petitioned as an intercessory and it's like, you know, if you would just, and then of course, well, you know, you don't see the rosary in the Bible. I said, if you were to go through the rosary, you would find every single word and phrase in the Bible. Let me tell you. Uh, so, you know, trying to educate people sometimes is, you know, not a bad thing. But mm-hmm. I, I think that that people don't realize that. And again, we're putting a label on it called witchcraft, granted. Yes. But really what we're all trying to do is learn and grow and hopefully more and more of us are working towards making this a better place absolutely i agree i have three final questions for you this is tell me your story new paradigms for a world uh new new paradigms for a new world and we're talking with uh marie uh birdsong and um she is taking care of a, a matter so we'll take care of this matter and let you know that uh this program is here on sundays at 7 a.m and 7 p.m monday mornings at 1 a.m we're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com and uh, we hope that you will uh, uh make it a point to join us as well as 9 a.m on Wednesdays. Uh, we can be heard on the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations, as well as YouTube, where you can watch these interviews. And uh, we hope that you will, uh, we hope that you'll do that. You'll watch these interviews and make it a point to do so, because I think that uh, uh, you'll get a lot out of them. I know that I do every time I do these programs. I'm I'm just throwing stuff out there and seeing uh, seeing what uh, what kind of response we get from our guests and hearing from them where they're coming from and and I hope that you do enjoy them. We also uh, ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, uh, where we ask you to go within, spend time in that still, quiet, calm, peaceful place, listening to the still small voice and getting that guidance and inspiration, encouragement and and uh, enlightenment, if you will, uh, that is there for you. And if you'd like to support the work. That we are doing uh, on a financial level, we would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. And uh, when you go to PayPal and you want to send uh, a contribution to us, uh, they're going to ask you for the email address to whom the contribution is being sent. Well, in this case, it's Richard at Richard Dugan. That's Richard at Richard Dugan. So I hope that you will uh, do what you can. And folks, we'll take energetic support as well. And now for the final three questions in the final uh, bonus round of our game show, Tell Me Your Story, <laughs> uh, we, go, uh, we go back and we ask, number one, who is uh, Marie de Birdsong? Ooh. That's a great question. Let me think. Well, she's uh, an American citizen. She's a Texan. She's a wife, a mother. She's a witch. She's a Reiki master. And she's a clergy. And she's very much a clergy. Um, But what I like to think of myself as is someone who just wants to do the best she can for herself and for everyone around her to make the world a little bit better place. Mm-hmm. Too many people that say, oh, I've got all these great ideals and I want to make this world change in a big way. I found that it's the 
the everyday kindnesses, the everyday goodness of people that helps to make the real change in this world and makes the world a better place just one little bit at a time smiling at a neighbor you know picking up something someone else has dropped dropped outside you know while they're carrying something you help them with their groceries um those kind of kindnesses change the world one little bit at a time, a whole lot more than people out there with their drums saying, oh, I'm going to change the world by doing this and doing that. That's so much bluster <laughs> and, and doesn't change as much as the simple kindnesses. Yeah. And out of all the things that I am, I like to think of myself as a kind person that just wants the best for everyone. Mm. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Uh, we'll have to go back to my, my three things that I told you. I want to teach and be taught, heal and be healed, love and be loved. And at the risk of being redundant, the final question, <laughs> what is your life's purpose? Oh, my life's purpose? Oh, my goodness. It's just to do the best I can do with what I've got to work with. Mm. Just as simple as that, because if you try to make it harder on yourself, well, my life's purpose is to, you know, be the president of the United States or to, you know, be the, you know, uh, movie star or something. It's, that's not something that would be realistic to me. It's easier to go inside and say, who am I? What do I really want? Because I, I am 65 years old, so I've had a lot of time to think about this. Mm. And the, the best way I can say it is I just want to do the best I can do with what I've got to work with. Mm. Well, Marie Birdsong, I thank you again for joining us here on the program. It's been a great pleasure. We uh, look forward to talking with you again in the near future. Thank you. It's very, been very nice being here. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.